0: Block Talk Radio. Hello, hockey fans! Welcome to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We are back as a team. Chris Lisa is joining us from Long Island, and I'm Mark Warner in Las Vegas. Um, we're going to get into the hockey news top 100 list. Where Vegas Golden Knights stand on that les- list, both as a team and individually with three prospects in the top 100 in all of the National Hockey League. We're going to talk a little bit about the structure of the Vegas Golden Knights and how their expiring contracts play into their prospect pool. And I think they've done a really good job of of managing that part, the salary cap notwithstanding. They've had a couple hiccups with the cap, but as far as just checking the boxes on this guy's locked up, this guy's not locked up, so we need to develop a player at that point. I think they've done a really good job for a third-year franchise in being able to put top-quality prospects into positions um, once some of the expiring contracts and the older players start to move along. They seem to be pretty well stocked um, at both forwards and Defensemen and also with their young talent that is already on the National Hockey League roster. But first, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the hockeypodcastnetwork.com, your one-shop stopping, one-shop stopping, one-stop shopping for all of your hockey podcast needs. They've got a podcast from every NHL team, as well as a really cool analytics podcast. Uh, there's a podcast from the ladies point of view that they've just brought on board. They've got a lot of stuff going on. Make sure you check out the hockey I got a link to their page in our show notes. So go ahead and go over and check them out. We've been real fortunate to partner with them and there's some exciting news coming down the pipeline. Um, if, and when this ever ends the, the great global pause that we're under, there's some great news coming from thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. So, uh, the hockey podcast network.com. So the hockey podcast network.com go over there and check it out anyway chris good day to you sir it's good to talk to you again i'm glad you're doing well out there and in, in you know ground zero i guess you would say
1: yeah no uh everyone uh very fortunate i'm fine uh everyone in my fam immediate family uh everyone in my family um uh my my friends i you know i know people who have friends um and no know people uh, that uh that have conti- uh, gotten the virus so uh uh but fortunately i haven't anyone uh, direct relationships so that's very fortunate i'm in Nassau county long island and uh i think we're either number 1 or number 2 in terms of the counties in the country uh with cases Ooh. so you know uh been you know uh, going for a couple of walks a day, one quick one during lunch, one once the workday kind of ends and, and uh, you know, minimal, very, very minimal outside of uh, that. Other than, you know, uh, store visits are very uh, quick and very um, uh, nerve wracking. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Very short list for the week. So uh, to say the least, but we're, we're hanging in there. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a difficult time, but it's a time I think where, you know, instead of focusing on what's going on, which obviously, how can you not? But focus on all the good things in one's life, family and health, things like that. So um, it's a tough time for sure. So we're going to dive into a little hockey prospect talk to give everyone a little bit of a diversion, um, you know, kind of thing. And uh, I guess we'll yeah, kick it sure. off with, with the the Knights. Um Uh, And, again, we'll get into this in more detail. Uh, They were ranked by, you know, because there's a little bit of a flaw in the system. Uh, But uh, the Knights were ranked 20th overall uh, with a B-minus B-grade. Peyton Krebs, their first-round pick from last year, is their uh, top prospect, which is uh, he got ranked number 19 by the Hockey News in the top 100. Uh, And then uh, also in the top 100 is – Uh, Peyton Krebs is a center uh, uh, Who's a guy I really liked If you remember when we did our mock draft I think I drafted him for I want to say Anaheim But I could be wrong I I know I drafted him uh, When we did our mock draft So he was a guy I thought should have went Anywhere from 8 to 11 or 12 And obviously his injury He fell uh, due to his injury uh, At the time last year I think it was an Achilles Memory serves correct Yes sir And and then we got Jack Dugan, who's a scoring uh, left winger, uh, who plays with a chip on his shoulder. And and then you have Lucas uh, Evans, who's who's another center, uh, uh, you know, a a skilled center as well. So he's number 96. So that's their top. In fact, their top five prospects are all forwards. So, um, you know, uh, which is strength that they have on the team, but, mm, you know, something to think about, you know, maybe one of these guys or something, you know, trying to get a young defenseman, uh, either through it, either through a trade or, uh, you know, they don't have a second round pick in, in this year's draft, whenever that will be. Uh, but they do have a first round pick, uh, obviously, and they have two thirds, so, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some defensemen are on the board, and with those three picks, that uh, they gobble up a couple.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I believe that the Hockey News is the top prospects under 21. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I'm not. Sure. I'm not. Sure. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that's right because Ilya Sorkin, who's on the who's the Islanders' top prospect, he's over 21. So I think it's just okay. anyone. Who's not in the in the NHL? So you can be. It doesn't have to be twenty one, uh, as an example. So uh, uh, yeah, for yeah, that's not yeah because Sorkin's twenty four and he's on. Okay. Uh, he's on the list. And in fact, Zach Whitecloud is twenty three and he's ranked as the tenth prospect uh, in the night system. Which I did I did want to address
0: that um, the way the way that they have their their uh, big league roster. Structured right now. Mark Stone, uh, seven years remaining after this year. uh, First line right wing locked up. Max Pacioretty, left wing, sorry. Max Pacioretty, three years remaining after this. uh, Right wing locked up. William Carlson, seven years after this. First line center locked up. Riley Smith, three years after this year. Right wing locked up. But uh, as you said, Lucas Alvarez, he is a right wing with uh, two years left after this year, and he'll be an RFA because right now he's only 20 years old. So at that time, um, Riley Smith will be looking at uh, 33 years old. And mm. maybe, you know, they have that guy slotted in uh, as a top 100 prospect. If they decide to do a youth movement, then uh, that slot is covered. Uh Paul Staffney, second line center. He has one year remaining after this. Well, we Mm. already know uh, what would be the Vegas Golden Knights top prospect, and Cody Glass is already on the big league roster, bouncing around. But what we have seen when he has played, excuse me, between Patches and Stoney, um, there's a lot of chemistry there. There's a lot of skill there. His vision creates opportunities for both of those guys, and that that will continue to be a dynamic line. I, I expect uh, Stastny will be thirty six at the end of this contract, so yeah. Cody Glass the heir apparent for that second line center, and he won't need a contract until three years down the road. So that box- and
1: then you got and then you got Krebs in the, sometime in that time frame after yep. Stastny's. So you would think that, and especially you know they have a lot of guys making a lot of money that they'll you know their depth at center within house. Uh, Stasny at that point would move on. They'll have that cap savings and, you know, they, then I wouldn't be surprised if Krebs is on the roster, which, you know, is an offensive uh, playmaker who plays with an edge. That's how he was described. Uh, 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 he, his drive is what sets him apart is what one, uh, one scout said.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe captain of, of, uh, team Canada's junior team. So leadership qualities there. And so you're, I mean, your top six is set for now and it's set for the future, um, Mm -hmm. high end talent coming. And then you go down to your bottom six. And if you're the, what you said, Dugan's the 79th, um, overall prospect, right? (laughs) Correct. One of the biggest problems from the golden Knights has been third line left wing. They've tried, uh, Brandon Perry. He was hot for, for, for a cup of coffee. Um, They've brought up you know, a few players. They acquired Nick Cousins at the trade deadline. He's a UFA at the end of the year. So uh Will Carrier may take that spot. Third line right wing is Alex Tuck. He's locked up for seven more years. So that box is checked. You have a plethora of centers. Um most notably Chandler Stevenson, who is an RFA. He only, he's an RFA after this season. He's only making $1.05 million and is only 25 years old. He's been able to bounce around and fill in from first line center all the way to fourth line center. He's, he's played his wing. He's played his off wing. Very versatile player. He's skilled uh, quick with, while he's handling the puck and able to finish. So I imagine that that's a box that could be checked as your third-line center um, after whatever happens with this season, um, mostly I'm projecting into what would happen uh, next season. But so if you look at next season and beyond with Carlson locked up, Stastny probably going to move on, and Cody Glass and Peyton Krebs battling for a second and third-line center spot. Then you have Nosek, who is a UFA after this season, probably – um, might be time for no sec to go, although he is only twenty seven years old, but they 're really high on Nicholas Waugh, who is on the big the, the roster He came over from Carolina in the Eric Holliday deal um, he 's twenty three years old they really like what he 's been able to do. He was filling in up a uh, second line on stone 's injury and he was playing fantastic so the the young people that are already on the roster seems to have a slot um, a, a check of the box now. Ryan Reeves, he's a, he's a UFA at the end of this season. Well, down in Chicago, they have a player named Curtis McKenzie, who we've seen for a cup of coffee a couple times this year. And he's a banger, and he's a big body that might slide in and relieve $3.8 million in cap space going into this next season. So organizationally, um, with, with some high-end talent, some fill-in talent, some free agents, the, the Golden Knights in three years have been able to put together a, a depth chart all the way down into the juniors that a lot of teams that have been around for a whole lot longer than the Golden Knights really haven't been able to do. Um, and Even, you know, they don't have a defenseman listed in the top 100 from the hockey news, but you did mention Zach Whitecloud. <clears throat> the current coaching staff seems to really like Whitecloud at, at so much so that Nick Hague, who had been on the roster most of the season and had been playing really good since January um, seemed to have found his stride. Well, Nick Hague went down and Zach Whitecloud came up. And the, what I'll say about Zach Whitecloud, um, I mean, he's a young defenseman. He's 23 years old. Maturity in his game is what stood out the most when Whitecloud came up. A Very steady. He'll, he'll get the puck out. He'll make the simple play and get it up and out of the zone. He can skate it up and out of the zone. He's got a little bit of offensive upside. So with um, Merrill, who's the UFA at the end of the season, um, Derek England, who uh, is a UFA at the end of the season, and he's been scratched for all but two games under the current coaching staff. I would expect Derek England to either retire, take a, a position as a coach in the minors, um, another position in the organization. There may be two, uh, defense spots, um, organizationally, they're really high on, you know, Nick Hague, obviously Caden Korcek is listed in the top 100, uh, from the Vegas golden Knights. Uh, Dylan Coughlin uh, had a great camp and, and many thought he was playing better than any of the other guys. Uh, Jake Bissoff, also uh, offensive-minded defenseman who could make noise trying to make this team. Not to mention Hobie Baker finalist Jimmy Schulte, who, uh who is an RFA after this year and looks to, you know, they're going to retain him, of course. Um, he's only 24 years old and has one year playing pro. <clears throat> Excuse me. So even even defensively, if if the hockey news, doesn't want to give any love they're well situated to fill the the acquiring contracts and the older players with the youth that they have been able to put together in their minor leagues and uh down on the junior systems
1: yeah they got depth on defense I'd like to see them have one guy that's kind of like you know a little bit more of a blue chipper if you will on that back end I mean obviously they got Nate Schmidt and Shea Theodore to carry the way but you know, Martinez is signed, you know, through next season. It, you know, yep. he'll be 33, 34 at that point. You know, and, you know, McNabb and Holden, they have signed for the next couple of seasons after this year. Kind of, you know, they're, you know, four, five, six range in there. So I'd like to see them, um, either, like I said, through a trade or, uh, you know, they do they do have a first round pick and they have two, three. So I'd like to, I wouldn't be surprised, um, if after that third round, uh, whenever the draft will be, um, you, you see them draft a couple of defensemen. I mean, having said that, I'm a big believer in you take the best player on the board, but, um, if all things were being equal, all things were equal, uh, you know, that's where I think, uh, uh, they could use, uh, uh, love to see them if they can land, uh, you know, one guy who's, who's more of a blue chipper, if you will, on the back end.
0: For sure. And if, if, It depends on who's available when they're picking. They look to currently leading the Pacific Division for whatever that's worth and whatever the rest of the season looks like. Um, I I heard rumors that maybe the NHL was looking at Saskatoon as a neutral site to where they could hold tournament-type days to bring uh, a couple, three games at a time uh, without fans and just play out the regular season in in a real quick fashion that way. Um, obviously sterilizing locker rooms and stuff in between games and stuff like that. If it comes to that, to try and get the regular season in and still be able to put together some sort of a playoff, um, interesting thoughts there, but for whatever that this season's worth, they look to be picking somewhere between 20 and 30, um, depending on who's on the board, I certainly wouldn't be against Vegas taking, uh, the best defenseman available at that spot, um, and then maybe you trade both your thirds to move up into the second round, obviously, depending on who's available and who's moving up and down. Uh, I'm sure, well, ha- having the public versions of the draft and the award ceremony and, uh, and all of that canceled, um, I'm sure we'll put together some sort of a draft show. Uh, yeah. as, as, you know, whenever the time comes um, and we'll get more into that uh at that time as it as it you know as it warrants and as it permits but um let me go into a little bit I I pulled up some some notes on uh Peyton Krebs and and the other guys that they have in the top 10 and I'm just going to go ahead and quote from Elite Prospects uh Krebs a Potent point producer and offensive catalyst, rises to the occasion when he's on the ice. Smooth, shifty skater, transverses all three zones with ease and closes the gap on the back check quickly. Now, remember, he was a top 10 rated prospect from NHL Prospects, and the Golden Knights got him at 17 overall due to that Achilles injury. I think it was 19. Come, was it 19? Okay, 19 oh, overall. Or maybe
1: he's ranked 19th. Maybe you're he's, right. I yeah, think you're right. Ranked
0: 19, picked 17. Right. Um, but he has come back and, you know, he missed the first 20 games of the season, but he's already second on his, on his team in, in assists, fifth, fifth on his team in scoring being 20 games behind the other guys on, on the Winnipeg ice. So, um, d- apparently hasn't missed a step and the Achilles seems to be looking really good. Um, defensively his understanding of the game communicates itself through his proactive positioning and an active lane disrupting stick. Anybody, uh, from the Golden Knights want to, um, who else has that active lane disrupting stick? Well, that would be Mark stone Um, willing to go to the dirty areas and fight for the puck, but he isn't at his best there. But um, the attitude and being willing to do those kinds of things are, are really what sets him apart. Obviously he has great hands, great skill, great speed. Um, Some of the passes I saw getting ready for the show on YouTube are just, just sick, ridiculous um, throws it into space 10 to 15 feet in front of the player who's skating at full speed and 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 the puck just lands right on his tape no no uh check no forecheck back check half just just on the stick and, and in the net uh beautiful passer um ought to be able to set up well wherever he ends up on the golden knights knights roster um some quotes about Krebs gives us all on a shift to shift basis. Like you were saying, Chris, all three zones, no matter the score or the circumstance that's leadership ability uh, right there, always playing at his best. And that's a golden knight staple. If you get a player like that, he fits right into that locker room. Uh, he has the ability to force reactions, putting opposing teams behind the play and on their heels. Um, that's from hockey prospects.com uh, completely f- fearless carrying the puck in all three zones and challenging defenders with his aggressive stick handling. So it it looks like they got a a real diamond with that Peyton Krebs pick. Um, you got to agree with that and being in the top top 20 of all prospects in the national hockey league. I know you were high on, on our last draft pick.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's a real, he's a real gem. So he, uh, Kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, when the Islanders were able to draft Barzell. He kind of slipped due to an injury as well. And if he didn't get hurt, he was probably a top 10 pick, and he wound up uh, going at 16 in the 2015 2015 draft. And Krebs is the kind of guy who I think if healthy would have been in that 8 to 10 range, and so he winds up going 17. So uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, timing is everything.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, going back to Barzell, the, the, we were talking with some guys on the Seattle to NHL podcast years ago, and he had been playing in the Pacific Northwest. Northwest uh, Before he got hurt earlier that season, he was ranked um, with Eichel and McDavid to be in the, uh, like a solid three in that draft. So, um, yeah, yeah if injury, you were, if- injury, common story. Common tale there. You get injured right before the draft and you fall. There's teams that are just sitting there waiting to take a chance on a player like a Barzal or a Krebs. And it looks like both the Islanders and the Golden Knights may have hit home runs there. Obviously the Islanders have.
1: And to bring it full circle back to us, the very first time we did a show together, I was on as a guest was that 2015 mock draft. And if memory serves correct, I had the Flyers at seven taking Barzal. Uh, Cause that's where I felt like he should, he should have went. And uh, he went up, you know, sliding down in the draft uh, due to the injury. Uh, and the Islanders got uh, traded into the first round. Ironically with uh, the Oilers and got the 16th pick and take, took Barzell. So uh, to bring it full circle, but uh, yeah, no, I think Vegas is in, like I said, I think they have a good system. Um, they have a good, obviously they have a very good team now. I think, you know, if there was any critique uh, and you could, you know, this is almost true of every every team, especially every good team. In fact, we'll, we'll get into that real uh, in a second about the teams. Um, you know, I mean, saying like, oh, you know, I wish they would have one blue chip prospect uh, on on defense. You know, not you know a, again. Uh, you know, not every not every team. Very, there's going to be very few teams where every box is checked, like the main roster. Absolutely. Is you know the pipeline, the forwards are great, the centers are great. You know, um, like taking the Islanders as an example, they're strong in their perspective, They have a good team uh, on the main uh, big club. Their pipeline is ranks subling uh, Vegas. Uh, according to the news, they have a good pipeline too. They are strong at wing, and they're they're strong on defense, but. Center. So, I mean, Chris, Chris, you are know, you're,
0: uh, you're breaking up real bad. Why don't you punch your computer or something out a little bit? You're getting a little choppy. Yeah,
1: much better. Okay, sorry. Well, oh. So, you know, every, you know, when we say, when I say, you know, hey, they don't have that like almost every team is going to have, uh, you know, not every box is going to be checked.
0: Yeah, for sure, and and that's that's kind of my point with what we were talking about earlier in the show about the structure of the franchise. Having been able to to check as many boxes as they have in just the three years that they've they've been doing this is is you know a testament to the, how well the scouting staff has done, the how well they've drafted, um, the the moves. You know, some of them don't always work out, <clears throat> Thomas. Tartar. Um but, you know, m- more likely than not, um, the buttons have been pushed and the boxes have been checked. And, and you mentioned Jack Dugan too. He's a six foot, two hundred eighty five pound right wing guy, and and if he ends up maturing the way that everyone thinks he's going to, and and does become that heir apparent to uh, Riley Smith, if you know, if if that's the way things go, um, he, he's uh led in NCAA hockey East scoring champion uh, this past season. Oh, uh, NCAA most overall assists at 42, most overall points at 52. Uh, maybe like to see a little bit more of a goal scoring touch out of a, out of a winger, but uh, that I, I believe that will come first team all-star. So he's got, he's got his pedigree too. So having the, the center depth and the center prospects and, and the right wings are locked up. And still having a top one hundred prospect there um, at, on the on the left side as well. Um, he, he he was a fifth round selection, so they're, they're making hay uh, all the way through the draft. Lucas Alvarez, one hundred twenty seventh overall pick, um, playing with Chicago. He's he's already in the minor league system. Uh, 6'1", 172. We'd like to see a little more beef out of him, but but uh, also center, but able to play on wing as well. Um, three of the top 100s, not not too shabby for the Golden Knights. And right now he's at a $770,000 cap hit, not a big deal. Um, I'd, I would have liked to have seen him at some point this past season as the Golden Knights were going through his injuries the the injuries that they did have but uh, again I'll go back to elite prospects on Lucas Telvenus creative with his puck handling and passing ability quick release on his shot battles hard for pucks excellent skating ability and that's a theme throughout the Golden Knights uh top end prospects is all of them skate well and that fits you know obviously right into the way the Golden Knights play um quick with the puck uh, Driving forward, advancing through the neutral zone with speed, getting in on the, on the forecheck and making the other team play defense. That's the kind of things that Luke Lucas can do and bring with his game, Uh, excellent skating ability, changing speeds and stopping, starting on a dime. His evasiveness makes him extremely difficult to to defend. And that was uh, from hockey prospects in 2017. So the, their top, their top three prospects on the list, um, they're all graded at an 8.0 or better probability to make the National Hockey League at some point, and uh, the future's bright in, in that part of the prospect pool for the Vegas Golden Knights.
1: Yeah, so why don't we uh, finish up the show? We'll, we'll dive into the rankings. And I'll give you give out a point to keep things in mind, and um, and also maybe go through the top 10. So I'll uh, give you some food for thought here and you can bounce off um so only one team got a grade of an A and that's the team with the best ranked uh, the number one ranking was Colorado um who also have the number one prospect in the sport according to the hockey news and Bowen Byron right. who was the fourth fourth overall pick last year then we Thank have you, five <laughs> yeah, then you have five teams uh 2 through 6 with an a minus grade, grade rangers Iowa, vancouver new jersey montreal uh then you have um, then you have from seven through nine, uh, seven through eleven, those uh, would plus grade. Carolina, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Florida, Arizona. Then uh, twelve through fourteen, B B grades of the Blackhawks, the Kings, the Ducks. Then fifteen through twenty, B minus grades. Detroit, Dallas, Columbus, Winnipeg, the Islanders, and Vegas. Then 21 through 23, C-plus grades, St. Louis, Edmonton, Toronto. Then 24 through 29, C-grades, Minnesota, Nashville, Tampa, Washington, Boston, Calgary. Then at 30, Pittsburgh with a C-minus grade. And last but not least, I know this is going to break your heart, Mark, with a D-plus grade, the San Jose Sharks. Now, there are three – There are three teams uh, who have four prospects in the top 50, Florida, Montreal, and Ottawa. There are four teams that have no prospects in the top 50. That's Chicago, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, and San Jose. Everyone else either has two guys in the top 50 or one guy in the top 50. Now, this is the flaw of what I think – my personal opinion of the rankings. Let's take, let's take Carolina who's ranked seventh overall. Okay. And let's take Florida who's ranked 10th overall. Carolina's top prospect uh, is ranked 35th overall, which I believe is Jake Bean. Um, Florida has four guys ranked in the top 33, but yet all ranked higher than Carolina's number one prospect. But yet Carolina's at seven now and Florida's at 10. So what the hockey news is telling you is the rest of the system, Carolina is, is, uh, is better than Florida by leaps and bounds. But having said that, uh, I take that approach, I much rather have, uh, four blue chip guys at the top and you know maybe my second tier prospects are not as good in fact Florida is the only team that has two guys in the top 10 they have Spencer Knight at number five who was draft pick from last year which we talked about yep. and of yep. course they have a goalie signed to a seven-year deal and left right. wing Grigor Desenko at number eight So not only do they have four guys in the top 33, they have two guys in the top 10. So my point is, you know, uh, these rankings are fun to dive into. I'll give you another one. Chicago, ranked 12th, has no one in the top 50. Not only do they have no one in the top 50, their top prospect is at number 80. They are ranked one spot higher than the Kings. Okay, ready for this one? Yeah, I know. seven, Seven prospects. In the top 77. So, what, is, what that means is the Kings' top seven prospects are ranked higher than the Blackhawks' top prospect. But yet, the hockey news is saying the Blackhawks' system is a touch better than the Kings. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Again, it goes to there's the, the depth or whatnot. Um, but. Um, so that has
0: to be the high of all the all the teams, right? Seven prospects in the top 100 for the Kings. That's that's got to be the uh, the the overall. Uh, I believe average. so.
1: I believe uh, so, yes. Got to be. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. I, I I haven't, but I you know I didn't print out every team yet. I haven't, uh, believe it, or not at the time. But uh, that one did definitely did um, uh, jump out of me. Yeah, they have seven guys in the top 77. And now, what was the Kings
0: grade see- overall?
1: thirteenth. Now the Kings okay. the Kings uh let me find them here. Uh, where are you? LA? Um okay. So they have Alex Turcott at uh last year's first round pick at number, number ranked eleventh yeah, overall. Okay. And Tobers Bornfoot at number thirty two. So prospects three through seven are outside the top fifty, but between fifty and seventy seven. So still, you know, a very uh, you know, a very good system. So, again, like I said, when it comes to the rankings, you know, this is very subjective to say the least. Um, uh, you know, so uh, just, to th- just to throw that out there. And then the last thing, and then I'll let you uh, give in some thoughts. Here's the top ten. Uh, Bowen Byron, like I said, is number one. Colorado defenseman, last year's draft. Uh, Trevor Z- Zagres of the Ducks, last year's draft. I think he was 10 or 11. E- uh, goalie Igor Sher sure, the Rangers, who got called up this year is number three, Minnesota, left wing, Krill Karpazov, number four, Spencer Knight at five with the Florida goalie, six, Moritz Cedar, member of Detroit, and it surprised everyone at the draft, taking this big German defenseman at six. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess Eiseman knew what he was doing. Dylan, Dylan, you there, Mark? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I thought it was you for a second. Dylan Cousins, uh, number seven, Buffalo Center, last year's trophy. Number eight, Florida, uh Vasily Podsky, um um butchering his name, but right wing again first round pick from last year's draft, Vancouver, and then number ten, uh defenseman Alexander Romanoff, Montreal. So uh yeah, so like I said, that's the uh that's a little bit of a breakdown in terms of uh uh, the, the systems and the top prospects.
0: Yeah, well, intriguing,
1: and and I'll I'll bring up a couple more
0: Golden Knights as well. The, uh after the top three, they rank uh, number four for the Vegas Golden Knights, Pavel Dorfeyev and number five, Ivan Morozov. Um, and then as as you said, there's uh, two or three Russians in the top 10 overall prospect list there uh, I wonder how much weight they give to whether or not those players ever come to the NHL um, they could sign they could play but um, if they, we could see a ship situation we could see I mean it took a while for uh, Gusev to play out his deal and then finally decide to come over but, also it didn't work out for the golden Knights, but we've seen a number of high end Russian prospects that just never, never make the trip or as Gusev, excuse me, um, wait till well into their careers to make that trip. Um, yeah, now, you,
1: you mentioned, you mentioned Dorof, 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 the hockey news kind of warns that it could be a problem luring him over and using my right. other connection. Uh, You know, Ilya Sorkin, who we've been talking about for years, wasn't a first-round pick. He was a third-round pick, but it's been a top prospect for the last, oh, God, three years. Uh, He's probably going to come over, apparently, uh, ironically, um, this summer. And and, uh, he's 24. So, I mean, he was drafted when he – you know, that was 2014 draft. You know, we're in 2020. uh, Obviously, your point is well taken with some of the Russian players – it's you know when when do they come over uh it's a fact because if you're not available you know
0: what, what your biggest what
1: does that express- your biggest
0: ability is your availability sir <laughs> right so there you go so uh and then i, w- I want to get i wanted to hit up on the rangers real quick which is Sh- shesterkin georgiev and lundquist um Shusterkin came in and just blew doors, obviously, uh, before the pause in play here. Um, Georgia had been their their go-to heir apparent to Lundquist, And then, obviously, uh, Heinrich Lundquist, someone's got to go, maybe two uh, of the three, and then sign a backup. It appears that Shusterkin has taken that job. Um, as Depending on how things play out, and I hate – putting that qualifier in there, but we just don't know what's going to be happening over the summer with the draft. Um can the New York Rangers who have an A minus ranking on the list with the number three and well Shisterkin, i I give that to uh he's not a prospect anymore. He's the New York Rangers number one goalie. Uh but also with the twenty third prospect on the list. What kind of a return at the draft could a uh a Lundquist get and then Mm -hmm. also a Georgiev get where they could um, really speed up their rebuild and also stock their, their farm club uh, and their assets with picks uh, for years to come. Is that something that I'm putting too much weight on with the New York Rangers or is there a real, a real possibility that they could land a combination of NHL quality talent for a team that a player like Lundquist could put over the top. And uh, Georgiev, who was uh, one of the top NHL goaltending prospects for the last couple of years, he plays, you know, EA sports numbers uh, in a very offensive minded league, obviously. Um, what do you think they could do with
1: those two players? Yeah. Uh, a little more year to go. Uh, he's got a full no move clause and he has no interest and leaving. He, he loves New York. Um, now, granted, he's only got one year to go. Um, if there's a situation before next year's trade deadline where an opportunity comes up, where they can move him to a contender in the West, and he, you know, he takes a two-month approach or three-month approach to that, a short-term approach, and tries to go win a cup somewhere in that period of time, Um, Yeah, maybe at that point uh, I don't see him uh, leaving. Uh, In a perfect world, uh, you know, so they're, you know, Shershkin that they don't put too much pressure on him. Having a Gorgiev as a 1-2 combo, you know, not run him into the ground in terms of games played. He's still a young guy. It is is New York. Uh, The Rangers are, you know, a big story obviously, so having that 1-2 combo kind of makes sense, but how they juggle that when obviously all three really need to be in the NHL at this point going into next year, I don't know. I guess technically you can carry three goalies, um, but, you know, even with the, ideal. with the cap, yeah, it's not ideal. And, with, you know, even if they, quite honestly, uh, was willing to go to certain teams, that kind of cap hit, and I think you can only pick up 50% of a player's cap hit, um, you know, you're not looking at getting, and with only one year to go, you're not looking at getting a lot back. Uh, Gorgiev, you know, maybe you can get it like an early second. I don't think you can get a first round pick for him. I could be wrong. Um, but, um, yeah, it's kind of a tricky situation, and, uh, I don't know how they resolve it, uh, quite honestly, uh, moving forward.
0: Yeah, with everybody else knowing that they have a backup goaltender situation, um, the, the market's going to be tough to get top-end top, top end dollar, um, you know, back in return for probably either Lundquist or Georgiev. I wonder if um, there's any scenario where they start next year with Shesterkin and Georgiev on the roster. And, I mean, before they even get to the trade deadline, um, King Henry is no longer in New York.
1: Yeah, and I'll give one final thought. I, 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 If I was able to be a betting man, which you, of course, know that I am not, which is kind of ironic being on the Vegas Hockey Podcast, but uh, I, got that I was covered. ranked as the has the third-best system with four guys in the top 50. They have multiple first-round picks coming in this year's draft, uh, their own, which will be a top, uh, 10 pick somewhere, uh, the Sharks, which will be up 10 pick somewhere, most likely the Islander pick, which would be in the mid-round range, let's say, maybe somewhere in that 15 to 20 range, let's estimate. Um, and then they have a lot of draft picks I don't have in front of me uh, in this draft. I, I, I would be bank on it, dollars to donuts. Uh, they will be, this time next year, by far uh, the best prospect pool in the sport. Yeah, that makes a lot of
0: sense. They, um, I know I know that franchise has taken a lot of heat, rightfully so, and some of it from this very ho- hockey podcast. Um, but, you know, I remember a few years ago, we were giving Joe Sackick a bunch of crap about this Matt Duchesne thing. And lo and behold, <laughs> they have the best prospect pool in the league, and they're also one of the best teams in the league. At at very least, one of the best teams in the Western Conference, um,
1: and and, and that, that one of those picks turned into Bowen Byram, which turns out 100%. to be currently the number number one prospect in the sport.
0: So a, a little bit of credit and a little bit of hope for uh, Senators Nation that um, you know, with all the top end talent that they've let go, um, they d- do have what. Would be a much more physically responsible and and cap manageable situation with that much youth and and roster control uh, coming in. A lot of guys will be on three year entry level deals when they come in, so they'll be in a much more f- physically manageable franchise with with the the market share that that Ottawa has. Um, yes, they were a goal away from the Stanley Cup final but kind of like the Washington Capitals back in the late nineties when they were, you know, right there. And then George McPhee blew it up and, and, and had to grab a hold of the, the financial stability of that franchise and, and build it up again. And those players turned into a Stanley cup champion, unfortunately against the Vegas golden Knights. But you know, three, four years down the line as Ottawa cashes in all these chips that they've been able to accumulate. Um, yeah, no doubt I'm with you dollars to donuts. Um, as long as their scouting department does their job, then uh you, you got to say in the Eastern conference, um, you know, three, four years down the road, look out for the Ottawa senators, right?
1: Yeah. I think uh just to wrap up, I think the biggest, the tricky thing they're going to have to want to manage. Oh yeah. So like I said, they have the three first round picks and then they have four second round picks this year, Mm. their own Columbus, Dallas, and the Islanders. Uh, The thing that they're going to have to really watch or be keep in mind of is so they don't have in a, you know, two years time, whatever, three years time, a bunch of guys coming off the ELCs at the same time. So if they have all these prospects coming in this pool, like and Toronto. then yeah, you know, and then after I don't know, two years from now, three years from now, oh, we got seven guys off their ELCs and their their RFA, so they're going to go from you know making whatever 700 to 900,000 to, so that's the only thing you know usually you're never in that position because you never have that kind of many but it's possible you know that they could now they'll have people you know um coming off like for instance Bobby Ryan only has two years left on his deal and that's a big that's a big salary and that's a big number coming off um you know so you know uh and Ismailov only has one more year left, so they they will have a lot of guys coming off too. But that's uh, that's just something to to kind of keep in mind as they move forward uh, to kind of to manage things. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, take a look at it. You know, go to hockeynews.com, get a physical copy, get a digital copy. It's a good read, but again, it's you know, uh, there's uh, it's good to kind of have a compile uh compl- someone to be able to compile all this uh data and, and and statistics and and analysis and stuff but uh again uh you know I, no one site is the end all uh, uh be all and uh um uh but uh, an interesting uh, le- truly last note the if we look at 26 down the, so that's the last what is that six spots so the worst prospect uh kind of all the top teams, Uh, Tampa Bay's at 26, Washington's at 27, Boston's at 28, Calgary's at 29, Pittsburgh is at 30, and then San Jose, who's been aggressive, is at 31. So, um, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, in in a year or two, uh, who knows, or three, some of those big teams as their big players get older, uh, you know, there could be. Ironically, a a lean year or two for, not all, but a couple of those top teams.
0: Yep, for sure. And then one one last note on the Golden Knights, the top-ranked goaltender that they have in the system, uh, Isaiah Saville, who has passed. Uh, Dylan Ferguson, who was the the young guy that everybody and it actually has played during that first season when like every goalie in in the world had to suit up for the Golden Knights that year. Dylan Ferguson did come up and get in the game, but Isaiah Seville is ranked ninth uh, in the Golden Knights prospect pool. six one one ninety five, unsigned right now, playing for the University of Nebraska Omaha, where he carries a two point eight five goals against and a nine point oh seven save percentage. Uh, in 28 games. Uh, before that, he was with the Tri-City Storm of the USHL. 34 games, 1.9 goals against, and a 9.25 save percentage. So that's that's your Vegas Golden Knights' top goaltender as ranked by the Hockey News Top 100.
1: And he was a late round pick last year, so that looks like you know who, who knows maybe a, which goalies usually are, you know. Uh, right. And um, um, you know, Lundquist was a seventh round pick. Uh, I mentioned quick. about, uh, yeah, yeah, quick. Uh, I mentioned, uh, even though he's a prospect still Ilya Sorkin or the Islanders, he was a third round pick. Uh, so, uh, and you know, now he's a top prospect. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it looks like, who knows? They, it looks like that was a, uh, a good pick by somebody, you know, coming, you know, right. I don't know how many, uh, you know, the Alaska pipeline in terms of hockey prospects, you know, yeah. not, not exactly the only one I could think of is Scott Gomez. I think was from, uh, from Alaska.
0: Ah, uh, the Kings had a guy that came up for a cup of coffee for a while that was from Anchorage too, I believe, but the name escapes me right now off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, yeah, Scott Gomez, who had a nice career. Obviously, he
0: uh,
1: he yeah, he, uh,
0: late, but but early early on when the Stanley Cup team, yeah, was New Jersey, um, uh, yeah, he he was able to resurrect his career a little bit, but early on he was fantastic.
1: Yeah, from 99 to uh, 2010, you know, he was a guy who got 60 to, you know, 70 points, who was a good two-way guy, uh, you know, the Devils, the Rangers, and then Montreal, and then he kind of tailed off after that. Right, right. But had a hell of a career.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um well that that's gonna just about wrap up our trip down the prospect line um It's good to talk to you guys and it's it's good to uh get out a little bit of n h l content and give everybody something to do um going through social media and everything uh people are kind of get running out of creative ideas to pass the time here <laughs> so i mean I saw something they were doing the the car race and they got all the drivers to log in on a video game thing and <laughs> racing the cars on the track that would have been the, the, the venue for that week. And the sports, not Vegas sports books, they're all closed. But the offshore sports books were taking bets on the video game that the guys were driving in. so. <laughs> Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll be a little bit of a, 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 you know, one hour diversion where you guys can just sit back, forget about what's, what's going on, listen to some, some, uh, good hockey talk. Hopefully, uh, you guys, um, and, and just relax and, and have a good time with us. Cause that's, that's what we're trying to do is, uh, we're going to keep trying to come up with some content as, as this thing goes forward. We don't want to be out of touch, uh, for too long with you guys. We got a couple guests that, uh through the hockeypodcastnetwork.com uh we've been able to get commitments to come on the show some of them are are golden knights pipeliners um so we're going to try and put some more shows together as as this thing permits um but th- thanks for coming in and listening to us uh, chris and i both appreciate that
1: absolutely and everyone uh everyone be safe and uh and uh when you do go out uh be strategic be smart about it, uh, you know, in and out quick. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, just, you know, get what is uh, kind of necessary. Don't, you know, um, it's the only it's the only uh, big weapon we have right now to, to to try to contain this thing as best we can. And even though, you know, the people who get it, uh, you know, I'll just say this one last thing. The guy who I like, Chris Cuomo on on, on the uh, on the news, he's got it. And, you know, even if you get it and you're going to be fine, you know, it is a horrible, looks like two weeks slog of just constant fever, constant aches, chills. um, You can't sleep at night, you know, like from the fever and the nights. It sounds like think about like the worst flu that you've had. um, And, you know, usually you flu, you start getting it. And then you know you have a two day period where you're God awful, you know you you like I never felt worse in my life, and then you start to come out of it, and still it's like a week, you know right this sounds like even if you get it and it's not gonna take you to the hospital and anything beyond that, it is a two week feeling the worst I've ever felt slog, and that you know you don't you don't wanna get that you know so I couldn't <laughs> you know that that sounds awful. You know what I mean? Thinking about yeah, the times can't, can't uh, be a good time. No, no, I think I think about the times in recent years where I felt awful. And usually like I said, you know, uh it's the beginning, the middle is usually that period, right? And it's maybe a 48 hours, 72. Imagine feeling like that for 2 weeks. Oh god. So uh yeah. So everyone be safe and be smart and um and uh you know, Social distancing.
0: And if anybody's looking for a a family TV show to watch, it happens to be a Canadian show uh, filmed in Alberta. Uh, My wife and daughter and I have got into the show Heartland. It's about a girl and her horse ranch. Uh, Her mother passed away uh, trying to rescue a horse. And it's how the lead character, Amy, uh, goes forward, uh, horse whisperer type. Uh, people bring her their problem horses and how she works with that and then her relationships with her grandfather and and stuff like that. So the, as a family show, if you guys want something to do on Netflix, check out Harley. Just to watch the scenery of the show, it's like the, the, the ranch they film it on is right at the base of the Canadian Rockies. So just, just some of the scenery and, and if you're a horse fan at all, some of the horses and, and the scenery in the show are just freaking phenomenal uh my grandmother had a thoroughbred ranch when i was growing up so you know that, that kind of uh we were just flicking through netflix trying to figure something to watch and i'm like oh okay horse ranch i i know a little bit about horses so i was checking out and uh yeah we got all the way to season five so far the good thing about wow. it is there's there's 11 seasons and and they're still filming so if, if you want to sit down and do a heartland bitch you're not going to run out of episodes uh so pretty good quality show it's it's a did fun family show there's nothing uh there was uh the rating on it from Netflix is is some uh one of the warnings was there's smoking on the show <laughs> so well one of the characters smoke so if that's all you have to worry about exposing the family to you you're probably going to be okay with this show
1: did you did you finish did you finish mcmillians
0: i did not finish that okay. um it's still in my queue to do um Still still on my list, so I, I can't give a
1: review on that one yet. Okay. All right. Maybe next time. All right. Sounds
0: good. All right. Well, we're going to keep trying to come up with ideas and keep all you guys uh, posted up on, on the latest uh, and greatest. Um, we are going to have a draft show. We're going to have a free agency show. If the season starts again, obviously, we're going to kick up full steam, trying to get our two weeks in. Um, and, and like I said, we got some guests on the Hopper that, that me and Chris are, are working on trying to get a schedule for and even if it's a short 20 minute show where you just bring in a couple guests and and, and talk uh, whatever hockey related stuff uh, we're going to try and keep doing that for you guys so uh, stay safe, wash your damn hands and we'll talk to you next time on the Vegas hockey podcast for Chris on mark we're gone <laughs>